Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. Hello and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Sessions podcast. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do, like every good series should, a compilation of best bits. So most wisdomful, silly, poetic, musical, godlike, esoteric, nonsensical moments the podcast has to offer. Think of, it'll be alright in the night, but without the bloopers. So absolutely nothing like it'll be alright in the night, but you get the idea. One last thing. Thank you to everybody that's been involved in the podcast. If you're a listener, if you're a previous guest, I love you all. What a great journey this has been. I can't wait for what next year's got to offer. Enjoy your festive periods, you beautiful set of buggers. Be nice to one another. That's all I ask for. The first guest we've got is James Mather. He came on for a Christmas episode with his partner, Lady Rose. That's their band name, so go and check them out on Spotify. And it was wild. We had Christmas hats, tinsel, crackers, jokes, music, everything. What a podcast. But halfway through the podcast, we got talking about trolls and internet abuse. And James has got a brilliant way of tackling it. So I said, can we do another podcast on this on its own? We did a special edition, the Trolls episode with James Mather. It's on YouTube, it's on Spotify. Go and listen. Hilarious. Here you go. So basically, we'll just takeaways on it. Some takeaways on don't take yourself too seriously. Don't worry about what anybody thinks about Mm. you. Yeah, Be content Mm. with what you've got. Strive for more, push for more but never be unhappy with who you are. You know mm, what I mean? And mm. just, yeah, just have a laugh, man, because you only get one shot at life. Guys, Always look on the bright side of life. Have a bloody laugh, you kids. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being a part of the Old Farm Bus, back of the bus sessions. You know where to find them. Do you want to just say it one more time? Where do you find all your stuff, your material? Lady Rose. I think it was everywhere other than Tinder, wasn't it? But <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen you on Tinder. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Maybe Joe hasn't said anything to you yet. Could have been on an, there. <laughs> could have been another ugly bald lad, to be fair. <laughs> Thank um, you for being a part of this, guys. Genuinely. I've not done my list. Oh, your list gone. Oh, bloody hell, oh, man. do a list. And then I'm like, goodbye. <laughs> Would you like to do a list? Yes, Joe's. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Yeah, safe. <laughs> I didn't think you were doing your list. I was bloody doing and your you list. You said everywhere other than Tinder. <laughs> that's, that's a good spectrum to go from. Yeah, everywhere other than go Tinder. Include. List, and then every, list. list everywhere there's possible to find you. I don't want to bloody do it now. <laughs> You've ruined it. We was, we was proper on it. We was, do you know what? Do you know what? I thought I'd actually made a friend. Do you know when we were doing this? I thought I'd actually it come somewhere. It felt real, didn't it? It, it did. felt real. And then well, you, guess what? And then you just this showed your... It's all just social media facade. Should, do you know I'm on about trolls and stuff? And I'm like, don't listen to what anybody says. And I'm genuinely nearly in tears here. Proper shot me down. Then. Could you oh, imagine? Yeah, I'm ruining this whole podcast. <laughs> but at the end, I just do something slightly mean to you. And you're just like, you big bully. Yeah. <laughs> you're a <laughs> I really value what you were saying to me though Going on and just giving you an angry face Angry face, what the fuck is that about? Can I just jump onto that one? Angry yeah, face, on. who the fuck does that? Sits there and just goes yeah. Angry, angry face who the I, f- I see that um, Sorry, I forgot you can't that's do a, bump. You can't do angry face on YouTube But Sometimes when I look at really good artists that I love as well, yeah. like Laurie Illingworth, um, friends with the Sunflower Thieves, some people who I respect, when they've got a thumb down... You. Thumb down. <laughs> you Boo! Just... That's essentially what they're saying. 
Boo! You sad act. Yeah, Chloe, <laughs> Chloe Rogers. People just, it's a lovely song filmed in a nice field or meadow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Calm, collected, and somebody goes, no. Yeah. No, I really, no. But <laughs> what, what is that? But then, so that, that? so one, how pathetic is that? Mm, mm. But two, how could you be upset by that? Yeah, Somebody's yeah. giving me a thumb down. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Behave Don't that worry, guys. Yeah, Should we go now? <laughs> I need a wee, actually. Yeah. I do too. Can we cross swords? <laughs> <laughs> what, well, send a picture to Joe on the Lady Rose page? <laughs> guys, we're going to go now. I know you've stayed for this. Hey, up, Nan. How many hours has this been? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Big love, war and peace. Peace, love, and everything in between. Nice one, James. Okay, so the next guest we've got is Gemma Danielle. I honestly feel I've made a friend for life here. I had no idea about Gemma Danielle, her story. I just knew that I loved her music. This is one of them podcasts that we got lost track of time. I think it went for two and a half, nearly three hours. I had to edit it all down, which I'd never done with a podcast before, but it was our first meeting, uncharted territory, and we just needed to explore. It was brilliant. Please go and listen to this one. Here, this clip, she's talking about her creative process and collaborating with different artists. Really listen to Garage, right? Uh, yeah. So, um... So then I was like, oh my gosh, I am going to be a garage queen. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I can do this because garage is cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, definitely working that out. I'm liking it. It's happening. So I was like, right, so this is totally about like my street cred. <laughs> and then um, Nebula, I've always wanted to work with. He's a rapper. He's just... Mm, that was a cool amazing. few verses. That was awesome. Well, he only did one. He did, was it one verse? He did one. And I was like, no. You need oh, to do two. I was going to say. Because you were making this sound so cool. And then... heck it works. And then in the morning, because I didn't have anything to record, so I went to um, Josh's, Project Zeus's Ooh. studio. Is um, it tiny? I've not been in yet. It's tiny. Is it tiny? <laughs> it's tiny, but we stay you two metres apart. Yeah, well, I mean, it's big enough. But I always get told, uh, oh, yeah, I'll come, I'll come. And he's like, I'll, I'll bring this guy and I'll bring this guy. He's like, nah, just bring yourself, bro. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a bit small, like. <laughs> it's, it's toasty. It's probably, like, up to that, like. Over I, the middle of the bus, maybe. Like, so, a bit more. The, yeah, yeah, it's small. <laughs> um, so I went over and I recorded and I... And basically, I'd made up something in that morning, mm-hmm. and and I was just singing what I'd made up, and he went, "Yeah, let's do that." Wow! So actually, it the <laughs> the process of that collaboration was very much like inspired, just spur of the moment. Oh my mm. god, yeah, that worked! And it was like three people just coming together to create a track, and literally, Project Zeus just smashed it. They mm. they just did amazing, and I I'd love to work with them again. Because mm. I find them extremely easy to work with oh, and yeah. fun and yeah. light. Um, Th- that is literally what it embodies in the music, though, as well. So the fact that you had that vibe and now you're talking about the studio time you shared together, it makes so much sense that that's how you felt because that is totally what come across. Yeah. 100%. Oh, man, I've been listening to it a bit too much, some would say. <laughs> it went on um, BBC Introducing as well, didn't it? It went BBC Introducing and Kiss. <laughs> Ooh. I know. But Have you been on those before? No. Well, BBC introducing, yeah, mm. but not Kiss FM. Is it Kiss FM? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, like, that's, that's I mean, big. that's a milestone for me. That's huge. 
But like I didn't know we were on it until I got tagged in it from Project Zeus. And wow. That, and that was on the night before. I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was cool that we were on that. And um, yeah, and those little things. that, uh, Yeah, I just would like to collab with more people. Because mm. you just get to mm. like... One, it's easier creating tracks with somebody else because you don't put all the weight on yourself and yeah. you've got someone to bounce off. Um, have, yeah. have you done a lot on your own merit, first of all? Felt that it's been very singular. At the start, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we've shared a really similar journey, honestly. Um, I went through that process of writing. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Okay, TPJI, what a guy. Check him out on Spotify. It all rhymes. I like it. Now, me and TP, we go way back. We've got a song out together. I did a music video for him. He's been on the podcast quite a few times. It's usually very silly, nonsensical, anecdotal, cool stories. But here is a little bit of his wisdom. And it's not rare wisdom. He's got a lot of wisdom. Now I'm just a practice because again I've not even I've not performed yet still not mm, performed mm, yeah uh, but made crazy. harder with COVID that's... and everything but I do like um, I'll FaceTime like my best mate and just say let's have a listen to this and that used to I'd be shaking mm. I think oh I can do it I'm TPJ I can do this, can do this. And then at the moment I'm like oh god this is horrible but now I can do that quite happily um, it's why we get on really well because I feel a lot of similarities in our journey yeah like what I was saying getting into it late on but there's a lot of naivety 100%. inside our hearts yeah like i've had it all the way along but somebody said that to me in a really negative manner like oh you're so naive you don't know yeah, what you're yeah, doing yeah. in this scene but i've used that always as a positive because yeah. the amount of situations i've put myself in that most people wouldn't because they've built up a concept in the head yeah of oh this is only where big artists go do you want to play a russell band concert oh I, i'm not incredible. a proper artist yeah do you know what i mean you You've got this beautiful innocence and naivety to your mindset. Just to throw yourself at it. And and I think if you just do it naturally and you just keep growing and bring a track out, do a collaboration, look into the film side of things. It all accumulates and builds up. That's what you've got to do. And I think you never get to an end destination, an end point. Never, yeah. And even people that are on top of the game have made the millies. Uh, I have good friends with, not made the millies, but made a millies on uh, Spotify. But even they speak in a bit of a demoralised kind of attitude. Or, oh, I went and performed in America, or I went and performed in this place. And then I got there, and it was all a bit of a farce. Right. Because the you know the production team are sort of biting at you and then they're telling you to look a certain way be a certain way act a certain way yeah they're like oh i was just enjoying it yeah Do you know what i mean so uh, yeah i think keep your humbleness 100 percent. I, I am still like i, I pinch myself sometimes of where, where i'm at right now with it it's mm. quite good it's not amazing but it's, mm. it's there um but in my head i'm still just do you know Mount, obviously Mount Street, Mount Street and where it is? Yeah. It's hidden underneath that that carpet park. Crazy right? place, yeah. I was I was up the stairs to an apartment, like completely lost, and I still remember <laughs> Charlie going, "I can see you, mate. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. And that was the first time I met Charlie, and I, I can still remember that. I can still remember like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" In the mm. studio, shaking, not knowing what's going on, and every from every the first moment was me playing the piano. And then doing a bit of vocal and me thinking, this is amazing. Mm. This is amazing. And then just as soon as, just, I've always been in the mindset of, if I just get on that, that one song on Spotify, I'm completely saturated with that. Mm. That's, that's absolutely fine. Um, 
And then it's just it's just been like that. So everything's been a bonus. So in the same time, yeah. if I was in that American situation and had producers like biting at my ear and everything, I'd be mm. like, yeah. But it's just all, all I, I feel like I've won already just mm. because that's all I wanted from at the time. It's only when you get hungry or you're kind of maybe forced to be hungrier for mm. it that, that when you, you're left unsatisfied, I think. And, and like you say, one of the most buzzing feelings you get is when you were in that place of unfamiliarity. You're yeah. sort of there, yeah. like, Charlie, what's happening next? You're going yeah, down to yeah. this weird studio. Yeah. And that's where... I lost a bit of love for it was when I grew a bit too comfortable. I knew the practice then. I knew what a studio was. Yeah. I knew what performance on a stage was. Yeah. And I started going into stages and not even feeling my words anymore. I was getting right. on um, and just getting into flow. Yeah. But it, the best feelings is where you're like, oh, what's this crowd going to be like? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. perform and then they go quiet and they're like, he's actually kind of cool wow, yeah, yeah, into yeah. this and then you're vibing off of that and bouncing when you're like oh, I've done this for like the hundredth time this yeah, month yeah yeah I'd keep it excited you can get into that yourself, yeah. comfortable zone where it, you lose that thirst for it so it is mixing it up even like you said you've got a new job now congratulations yeah. <laughs> but mixing up your life mixing yeah. up all opportunities feeds the fire in all different exactly. avenues for and you. I think um the thing with having a passion that is so strong with obviously clearly yourself and myself is that mm. it only takes a small thing to ignite it again. Mm. And for me, when I was saying earlier, getting this keyboard for Christmas, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. 300 sounds on that. That's yeah. 300 little ignitions that I've got there that are going to make me... <laughs> you got some nights ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm loving that as well. And it was um, another thing, another quotation from... Uh, I'm not, I can't, can't sound like him, David Bowie. Um, he says that the most... The best place to be in life is just beyond the water, but your feet can't touch the floor. Mm. When you're just a little bit uncomfortable, that that, so that goes off. I'll cut this bit out just for my mum. She go wild for that. <laughs> Pictures of him everywhere. Yeah, nice, nice. Always playing. Um, but but yeah, I, I, yeah. I just really feel I'm really loving my art again. Mm. But like that's you. nice one. I'll see you next year, my brother. Okay, so Paul Cope, as a podcast host, you're not allowed to have best guests or favourites. But if we're looking at somebody that can give out the best advice for people that are in turmoil, real struggles with their mental health, absolutely out of control, this man is the winner. <laughs> he took me on an emotional roller coaster, and this really embodies everything the podcast is about. What a great end to this episode. Still work if it's self, though. <laughs> Do you know, if you're in the room, and because I've made that mistake because of the SD cards, and say if I see myself as a failure because I keep making failures or a mistake because I've been told before I'm a mistake. So if I keep making mistakes, thus I am a mistake. And you go for that run and you're like, you're a fucking idiot, Mike, <laughs> or whatever, you fucking this and fucking that. You're still with you, so you're having that conversation in your own head sort of thing do you know what i mean does it so so this is the way i'd suggest this is a really good question no one's asked me that question before so this is what i'd suggest you do and this is where the multiple personalities are important mm. identify before you do it which of your personalities you're annoyed with yeah it could be like and, Tim, um, timmy who's it, yeah. timid and like sad yeah. himself sad boy timmy yeah or it, or it could be um the one that's forgetful yeah, that... always forgetting stuff, mm. and you just want to kick off on the one who's always forgetting stuff. Mm. So kick off on him. Pretend yeah. he's standing in front of you. Do all the things we've just said, like in that way, but not about you as a whole, not about the real you, about that version of you. You're then once it's, brilliant. You are. Then once it's processed, then we come back because once we've this is the bit of the work where most of the personal development and self help world leaves out. 
They want you to jump straight to compassion and straight to forgiveness and straight to, but you are good enough. Don't That part of you deserves love. Couldn't agree more. There's no point telling yourself that before you've processed the anger. Because mm. all you're doing it without realizing it is suppressing the anger. Yeah. So let the anger out first and then we can move on to, okay. Hmm. Did he mean to do it? No. Why did he do it? In what way? And this is a huge part of the work I do, taking responsibility. Well, in what way could I, little Mikey, real me, what, in what way could I have stopped forgetful Mikey, forgetting all the SD cards? Well, I can take responsibility. And actually, I should have a checklist. And I don't leave the house until my checklist is ticked. Or I make sure before I go anywhere, there's an emergency supply somewhere, or whatever it is in whatever aspect of your life, the, the, a huge part of this work is taking responsibility. Mm. So we come back to us all the time, the real us. Okay, if I don't want to be rage, bane, throwing things at walls, what do I need to do mm. to stop that happening in the future? I don't need to like that part of me. I need to love that part of me. I need to be grateful for what he did. So I'm grateful. I'll give you a powerful one probably to wrap up on. When I had that conversation with Bain, I said to him, but it's ridiculous, mate. Like, you were so destructive in my life. How can I possibly love you? He said to me, and this all came to me, like, literally subconsciously. He said to me, you don't, what you're working on the basis of is that if I didn't exist, life would be better without me. And that's something we all do. We all assume that without these parts of our character, life would be better. What we never take into account is life could be worse. And he said to me, there was another character waiting in the wings if I didn't do what I did to let out this stuff. And I said, who? He said, the one who wanted to kill you. Mm. So if I didn't let out all this rage, you wouldn't even be here. I and nearly I like, cried then. <laughs> I did. Wow. I was like, shit. So I went from, I hate this part of me, to I couldn't be more grateful to him because he saved my life. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that part of me processing the, that stuff that I couldn't do. I created them, remember? I created this guy to do this stuff for me. And then I've got the cheek to hate him. Mm. And he saved my life. So now I'm like, mate, thank you. <sighs> and and, it, and you know what? From now on, I'm a grown-up. It's on me. This is on me, not on you. Wow. That, I mean, to end the podcast... <laughs> That is the best way to possibly end that um, because people up to this marker, up to this point, I just want to say, Paul, thank you so much for everything you've just explained and where you've taken me to there. That was an emotional journey and I've left on this very high emotional state and I'm going to go away with that now um, and channel that and speak about you to everyone I know. Uh, just remind people the book again. Wow. Okay, the next guest's on, we've got The Good Hustles. I already had Morton on one of the podcasts, and he asked if he could come back and bring a mate on, one of the band members, Nathan. So me and Morton are already connected really strongly, brought Nathan along, and the energy was electric. Uh, if you're fed up with everybody in the festive period, and you're looking for a complete escapism with a lot of laughs, this is the podcast for you. They're going, right, we're going to formulate this band, Good Hustle, was, yeah. we're building it. Mm. Was this where you wanted it to be? This set now is what you had in mind back then? 
for me, yeah. I mean, you, well, was you Good have... Hustle was just like, do you know what? We're a bunch of mates. Should we just make some At music? At the start, yeah. That's when we got together, it was like, we like drinking, we like music. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear that in our music. And, and in like, the lyrics, yeah. As much as... I guess there's a temptation for bands to kind of get rid of their old stuff from Spotify because it's obviously hopefully going to be lower quality, right? Mm, but mm. Uh, we have an EP, the first stuff that we released, and the EP is called Nobody Warned Me. And I, it, it's not as good as our current stuff, but I love it because of what it is. Mm. And it also, I think there, there's something to be said for keeping it there, right? Because if and when we get bigger and bigger and bigger, there's going to be people that look up to us inevitably, and that's going to be a wonderful feeling. But I would also like them to see our journey. The stepping yeah, stone. Yeah. Because if yeah. you can look up to a band and you know you want to be where they are now, mm. and you look back and you say, well, look, they were at that position. I do this know? all the time with artists. I like Scroobius Pip's a good one. Yeah, mm. yeah, Mike yeah, Skinner, yeah. the streets, yeah. to Mike, be fair. Yeah, Podcasts, I've looked at Joe Rogan's first ever podcast. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah. Like the, the mic quality that's just like this. Oh, like, dude, it's, it's so, so funny. He's just there, high as a kite, staring DMT, at DMT, man. Old school <laughs> mic. Just go with, uh, is it Ryan... Brian Redban, I think he's with another comedian, sure. but they're sat yeah. together and he's trying to teach Joe Rogan what a podcast is. Oh my god! And it's just this pixelated shack of shit. Yeah, yeah. And he's going, "What? What is this shit?" So, so we're supposed <laughs> to just talk now? Um, okay, I've I've been to the shops today, I suppose. Um, Orangutans, they'll fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, that's that's it though. Like that's, right, that's brilliant. That's what you want. Watching the milestones. Well, every musician, particularly now that the technology is available. You know, in the seventies, it was a bit. More more of a closed system but now like i've got my recording setup r- recording setup <laughs> in my room which <laughs> consists of studio <laughs> in my room in my house <laughs> home which studio thing bedroom thing it just consists thing. of an audio interface set of headphones some wires for my guitar and mm. like a pedal board and, and obviously a computer to record it on and that's made it so much easier for i guess you could call us independent musicians to get mm. into it and so now it's like I, I've kept all of the stuff that I've ever recorded. I've got like my first ever recordings on Logic, just because it's sentimental value, right? Mm. But it's really nice to look back on those things and think, "Wow, I was shit." Like, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like now, I'm, you know, I, I never want to be someone who's like, "I, I've peaked." Never want to peak. Mm. No one does. But the quality of the stuff that we're recording now, and like with my other side projects, it's jumped up because it's the learning process, mm. right? So if you if you go into it and you're like, you know what, I want to write. Um, I don't know something like Muse on my first time mm. big news fan um, <laughs> I want to write something like Muse as like first time you're not going to do it mm. never going to and happen. that's yeah. fine that's mm. absolutely fine um, but yeah the the journey that's where it is that's the really Gra- gradual journey as well isn't it yeah oh it's it, hard and it's it's thankless I've said with but... Scroobius Pip and so on I, I love the pictures where they've got all the sheets his mates are holding them up and he's doing like his vocal takes and so on it's, it's charming and, and just looking yeah. through it all and, and to be fair I think Scroobius Pip's left a lot of his old stuff up yeah because me as a spoken word artist I've looked back at it and gone I mean it's it's good or it's of okay quality yeah but I could do that. I could literally yeah. sort of recreate that. And that made me feel empowered. Yeah. Because I thought, exactly. this is amazing. Exactly. Look where they've become. Because some of the first ones, um, he had an example on his uh film hmm. just doing little cameo roles yeah i'm like what a beautiful thing where you've got example popping and, yeah on. and who would have known like it, it <laughs> we were speaking about this earlier but we tend to deify people who are good at things yeah so it's yeah. like uh, again, for the drinking game people who are out there, <laughs> Tom York from Radiohead, one of <laughs> Radiohead and News. Who'd have thought it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you look at Tom York, the name Tom York, the name Radiohead, right? They have connotations, and 
we kind of tend to forget that Radiohead meant nothing mm. as a word when they started out. Yeah. Mm. Muse meant nothing. Kaiser Chiefs meant nothing. Yeah. All of Why did you go for Kaiser Chiefs? I wanted to that make was... it look like I'm actually cultured rather than just listening to Muse Radiohead. You've got to be versatile look, on this podcast. I'm not going to apologise. They're good bands. Yeah. But, okay. um, th- those words meant nothing. Mm. Um, and, and now they, ca- they carry their own gravity. Yeah, we mm. impart meaning onto these things by doing the work. And so if you go into it and you're like, I'm going to write this song, I'm going to release it, and it gets like 15 views on Spotify, and you're mm. like, oh, I wanted a 1,000 or 100. Mm. That's still 15. It's, it's 15 yeah. people 15. have taken their time out of their day to go and look at your work, and some of them will have enjoyed it, mm. and then they'll spread it, and you know, you'll get better because the creative curse is that when you finish a creative project, this happens to me all the time, I write something, finish it, and then I hate it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. And it, it's a real curse, and it's hard to keep pushing that. But like, the way I like to look at it is, Let's take um, an Olympic sport, mm-hmm. something that's like dexterity based, like the pommel horse thing, you know, when they do like the flips and like gymnastics Gym- in general. Oh. Like, it's black magic to me. <laughs> like these people are magicians. It's yeah. impossible for me to imagine myself doing that. Mm. But as a performer, you'll know, as a, as a poet and a, a spoken word artist, what you do from my perspective, mm. because I don't know how to do it, it's just mind blowing. Mm. Yeah. Unfathomable. Unfathomable yeah, yeah. is the word, yeah. Good word. Yeah. <laughs> More words today from yeah. you. Thanks to our sponsors. This is what it's all about today. <laughs> Learning with <Exactly>. Mikey. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the letter A. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point I'm making is that um, we as creative people are always going to hate what we create because you learn through the process. And that means yeah, you always yeah. do it better next time. Mm. You've got to also remember that there are people out there who are going to love what you create. Yeah. Hopefully. Even if you think it's shit. Yeah. Even if you don't like it. <laughs> and uh, it, it's a difficult task to release something that you think you could have done better on. You've mm. got to do it. You know what? Charlie Kirby is the worst for that. Mm. Really? He was, so he was on. Releasing. So at this point, it'll be months ago when he was, when he was on, but like. Let's. <laughs> From one band to another, we've got Project Zeus. Honestly, we hit it off straight away. Never met them before. Again, love their music on all social platforms. Said you fancy coming and having a chat. The first half an hour of the podcast, we were talking very sort of musically based. Then somehow we got into British humour. And that just took us off to another dimension. Uh, we started doing together a spin-off series called Series of Theories Podcast where we took on the big questions. Some were quite deep and philosophical, sort of, have we lost the war on drugs? I think the first episode there was called, is everything in South Park inside Butter's imagination after imagination land? So, yeah, the spectrum of questions were very different. <laughs> I love these guys to bits. Can't wait to see them in the new year. Enjoy this episode. South Africa, there was a guy, um, we'd always go to this pub and we'd just take the piss out of each other all night. Yeah. And I'd play him and he'd play me. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is he was so good at being British. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, a cup of tea there. No, like, I'm like, I'm Don't like, talk like that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> more, more like fighter standard. <laughs> Green Street, you know what I mean? I'm fucking dust up. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your sitcoms were Peep Show... Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge. I, I, put, I put those two as my top two, I think. I'd put People Just Do Nothing up there That's now. That's up there as well. Like, I've not yeah. seen that. Oh, oh it's brilliant. Oh, my Dude, God. we've we nice just missed out on our 
our shows and points of reference, haven't we? Because yeah. I'm like Game of Thrones, Vikings, and then your peep show. <laughs> yeah, we are very much comedy. Yeah. I have seen Game of Thrones. I've not watched any Vikings, but I have seen all of Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, that oh, that speaks my soul, I thought yeah. it was great. Uh, that's the one thing. Attention span for me again. Yeah. <laughs> I've, ju I've just bought uh, recently. I bought a treadmill last night. It was a yeah. shop buy. I was like, I need a treadmill in my life. Uh, <laughs> me and space. I hate the cold. <laughs> me and uh, Chrissy, um, we went away uh, just before the new lockdown. I think there is one. <laughs> yeah, whatever's going on. At you the know, um, two and nine now. We managed to do an Airbnb, and we thought while we're there, I love. When I'm there to have a point as well, other than just relaxation, yeah. we got absolutely wankered there and it's so much fun. <laughs> um, but I always make a music video wherever we go. Yeah, oh, I think she gets annoyed with me. Yeah. <laughs> Can we not just enjoy this one? <laughs> We've been Berlin, um, New Zealand, all over, but I have to have my gimbal and that. Yeah, of course. Um, but here we had this <clears throat> lovely uh, what, uh, hot tub. I was basically like Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> Got my girl in there. <laughs> and we, we put it up, but the problem is as well, I look like Biggie. <laughs> so I got out, and when I was editing this video back the other day, I couldn't believe it, because I've always pro been quite happy with the way I look and everything like that. Editing back, and I had to get out to like change the lens. Mm. Got that shot and I just went Mikey, <laughs> Tread, uh, straight on treadmill as well. But my, my plan is now to put it in the living room mm. and just walk and watch things. Mm. So yeah. sitcoms, films, whatever it is, fill my mind. So yeah. I reckon Peep Show is first one there. Peep Show is a good one to start with if you want nine, there's nine series of Peep Show. So okay. it's quite full on. But they're, all half, they're all half they're only half, half an hour each. Half. So. I get up at like six in the morning, so yeah. by eight in the morning I've done a season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's fairly slow. I mean the first series is good but it's it's a bit slower up until about two three and then two season two season three it just starts going daft it goes yeah mad stuff starts happening but what we were saying earlier people just do nothing because yeah, that it, that's all based around corrupt fm who are you might have seen like chibody g and stuff like that but they're all like it's, it's a garage a pirate radio station it's very, very British. Very, very British. It's like a mockumentary, a bit like The Office. Okay. Um, it's kind of like if Spinal, if Spinal Tap were a garage radio show. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like that. You, you've described it perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the radio show now. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. But, and the main guy, MC Grinder, and then you've got his like, psychic DJ Beats. Mm. And then like, the two main guys who run the record, that run the radio station. And yeah, I won't go into it too much, but it's just brilliant. You're giving all the secrets yeah. away, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. No. Wait, you watch it, you'll see what happens. I must admit, <laughs> I, we have gone back to comedy though. We've gone to Only Fools and Horses. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah that's recently. great. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank God for Netflix, yeah. dude. Because my grandma's got it on box set, but she wouldn't give it me. <laughs> my, my grandma, me? the loveliest woman in the universe for me, my best mate. Would give me anything in the world, anything I want. Not the copy of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, fuck off. <laughs> I'm still practicing my cockney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that 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 must have pioneered something oh, in yeah, how 100%. we see comedy. Obviously, Faulty Towers. It's groundbreaking for the times. Dude, yeah. uh, my mum's favourite memory of me, which she's not got many, <laughs> but she always remembers at her old house, she used to sit at the bottom and just listen to me belly laughing as probably 11-year-old Mikey yeah. with Faulty Towers yeah. on. Oh, just yeah. that slapstick humour, but mm. also very 
again british yeah talkie hotel i used to go to talkie every Did year you? it just made sense yeah, it's <laughs> a shame they didn't do more of it because there's yeah, only two, two, only two, two seasons yeah. two seasons it was always long episodes of like i remember watching the thing before and they were saying it, every week it kind of overran its time it was allowed on bbc but because because it was fucking yeah, yeah. yeah get on with it go on john <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to do what you want, John. Yeah. Please. Yeah. yeah. Have you got a favourite Faulty Towers episode? Oh, I I think the one for me is the communication problems one with um, um, the one with the deaf woman. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's when, brilliant. When when um, the, the it's the one where he wins the money on the when horse, he wins the money it? on the horse. Oh yeah. And she yeah. she she loses <laughs> she loses she money. loses ninety quid, but she turns out she's left it at a florist. And or he gets so. that girl in on. Yeah, he gets Polly in on yeah. it. And he, and he thinks he's up. And then he drops the vase, and then he has to give her all the money anyway. But the, my favourite bit of that is when, when he, because the hearing aid's not working the whole way through, he starts going, like, and not saying yeah. anything. Oh. And then she turns it really loud, and then he shouts, and she goes, Is this a piece of, is your, this a piece of your brain? Too much. That's so funny. Because you would do that as well. Do you know when you get wound up with somebody? I've done it in the past where you're sort of mocking them to them just because you're too wound up. <laughs> oh, I love the way that. Because I reckon he probably had that part of his persona as well. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. get cheesed off with people or just fed How up. How can I wind them up? Is this a piece of your brain? It's a piece of your brain. I love that. And the major, the major rumbles him right at the end, doesn't it, as well? Because he's trying to. You he's trying did to keep... give me that money. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to I think horse. he leaves after that, doesn't he? He just walks out. Yeah. In the car. That that that's possibly one of the funniest scenes of anything for me. Oh, it's brilliant. Is, is when he gets the a branch and starts oh, battering yeah, yeah, his yeah. car. <laughs> I'm going to give you a damn good thrashing. <laughs> I, just, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before and after. It was just perfect timing. Yeah. And that's something a lot of British comedians seem to pick up now, is mm. timing, how, uh, that dry sense of humour, but how he timed things to... The, the point yeah even yeah. without that moment though the rest of the scene's hilarious because he picks up the wrong dish from the restaurant doesn't he and he comes yeah. back and he's expecting <clears> it to be a really nice yeah, meat course like, and yeah. he just goes and it's a blancmange yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like dinner is served <laughs> and that's the time it? it's just like yeah. straight on the scene and it's shock value yeah, yeah. absolutely dying man yeah I, it's, it's I, not I, made like that anymore there's something about no. humour isn't there and mm. in times like this where you can just get fully lost and yeah. mm. you know I must admit at the start of lockdown at the start of whatever this is I was getting a bit worried and then you'd start to get involved in unnecessarily unnecessary arguments this said she said he said they fact check this, yeah. whatever yeah. it is yeah. and the moment you just go do you know what just chuck on faulty towers or chuck on something funny and get lost that that yeah. seems what we need more of than anything yeah exactly and like you said earlier about your music, if you can just get people on board, having a bit of time for escapism, not taking things too seriously. See you next year, boys. Okay, now we've got the rapping, beatboxing, freestyling, singer, songwriting, extraordinaire, Motormouth. I don't need to say much more about this guest. He's an OG, a great friend of the old farm bus. I love him dearly. And this was just a great episode to find out more about him and his journey. You, you deserve it, if anything. Damn, damn right. You, you heard over there. Bottom out in the house now. Y'all in trouble. You, do you know, being your mate, it's your fault I even go into the American accent all the time. And I can't help it, man. I, I, it was just from like growing up, being like 12 years old, growing up, like watching deaf comedy jam stand-up comedians and um, 
Richard Pryor and mm. uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air like, on a daily basis, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, what? Was that your sort of growing up material then? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, growing up, I wanted to, I wanted to really be a, a comedy actor. Like, a lot, like, Eddie Murphy and Jim Carrey were, like, my gods. Wow. They were my absolute gods. And, and, and MJ, well, you know, in the music side, it was like MJ and stuff like that. But, yeah, I wanted to kind of be a comedy actor at first. Huh. And uh, I, got, I, I used to go to drama lessons when I was, like... Uh, I guess from about 10, I think it was, like 10, 10 years old. And then I kind of quit when I, was, when I got to about 13, because, like, you know, you go to the teenage years, and I'm like, oh, it's not cool, it's not, the drama's not cool, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just being a teenage idiot. But at the same time, um, it was around then I started to uh, get, uh, get into beatboxing. Mm. Around that time, I started doing acting, because my, uh, my cousin's... Um, who also showed me like like you know, uh, Def Comedy Jam and stuff like that uh, on the other well the cousins of the other side like, all, all my cousins got me into like you know hip hop uh, but my uh, my cousins on my mum's side uh, Daniel and the Craig shout out uh, they they heavily influenced me into uh, into into hip hop my, my cousin Daniel showed me a, a beatboxer called Razel and that's the guy that got me into beatboxing it was like the beatboxer that that, that um, that uh, uh, beatboxing sang at the same time. Yeah. Did he do that? Um, this is Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, did yeah. Did the Iron Man the day, one. Yeah. yeah, and um, I was just like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. gobsmacked. <laughs> hearing that the kids start practicing every day. So, uh, so I kind of went off the acting and started doing more. Uh, I, I was getting more in, into music, but I, I didn't. I used to write raps and stuff when I was like fourteen. And beatbox to myself, but I didn't really show anyone. I was quite shy. Mm. I mean, I, I was always, I was always quite the class clown. You know what I mean? And I let the beatboxing kind of slip out a little bit, so people kind of knew I did it, but I didn't really do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until I, I was out with, uh, like, I was out with like my mates, when I was, like, like you know, being teenagers and you know, doing, you know, going out smoking weed and you know, all that kind of stuff yeah. in the parks. Uh, my mates, see, I'm sure you beatbox, man. So I started doing it. I did like a, like, a, like a grind beat, mm. and my mate. Uh, like freestyled over, like well did, did a rap over it and it's like yo you're sick hmm. and then we were recording it in like a chip shop and like these really them really like shitty like um, Sony Ericsson phones yes man you know yeah. back in the day this is like 2000 uh, what 6 2005 6 something is like that is it a flip Huh? No, 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 no. What, the phone. Yeah. No, no, no. It was, it was like when the uh, brick. One. It was like the the Sony Ericsson, the, the Walkman. Old school. The, school. the Walkman ones. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I know it. Have, like yeah, you can have like three megabytes of songs and like <laughs> you know, no, you know what I mean. Um, did it on that, and then the next day I come into school and like the videos got out. Like loads of people have got the video on their phone. So I was like, oh okay, I'll I'll, I'll start start doing this then. Do you know what I mean? That's amazing, man. That's a great mm. story into it. Yeah, But yeah. me knowing you as a performer and an artist as well. Mm. Moldermouth, go check him out. Okay, from one rapper to another, we've got Muzzy Foley. I like these back-to-backs today. If you're looking for the most energetic, entertaining podcast of all time, here it is. I don't just mean the back of the bus sessions, I mean of all time. We start off the episode with a five minute freestyle rap where I throw out random words at Muzzy and he has to incorporate them somehow. He does it phenomenally. This clip that I'm going to show you, he goes on to ITV, Good Morning Britain all the time to discuss big political issues. He's having a debate with the world's strictest head teacher and after that he received a little bit of backlash but he very comically dissects all the abuse that he had discussion we've had on the way here when I picked you up from the station education there's 
it's nuanced and people will really work with you. The kids that are struggling, they don't work with the traditional or with this um, intellectual side of things. They're going to enjoy just the playfulness, the getting a beat on being mm. in that mode. But because the media have picked you up and they're like, this rapping teacher X, Y and Z, then you've got this fence where I've seen it. You've got comments where people are like, get this jerk out of school. Yeah, get yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've I got, oh, those. this is so special. Look what they're doing. And it's just... You didn't need to be bracketed there. You didn't need to be sent there. You're just doing a good thing. Yeah, that's it's like one <laughs> aspect of my work. Yeah, yeah. Although I go. do love when it receives criticism. Yeah, you know, it's you've not, had some brilliant. I love it because I use it comments. as obviously I use it as posters and and marketing because it's brilliant. You know? it's, <laughs> it's like uh, it's not even a case of having thick skin. It's like, uh, being a case of being so sure that what you're doing is is a good thing that anyone who is like picking holes in it, it's like well, you're just ignorant. You, you're not, not a nice it's... person and driven by hate yeah yeah it's just like you're, you're, you're basically like Sorted. some kind of Sith Lord just sitting on your Death Star like trying to trying to communicate and I'm like, I, don't, I don't care like, it's funny <laughs> you've not thought too much of them people yeah, but well, you've just drawn images for I've them I've thought enough about it so I thought what I wanted to do I wanted to gather like all of the like all of the hate in one place and just do it as a rap I think that would be quite be funny just like a yeah. diss track to myself you should do it in a mirror yeah it's really sad looking reflection of you in that side yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're hammering him anyway you know you've heard it here first that's that's in the plans yeah <laughs> go on what were some of the best comments can you reflect oh, on any if I... well some of the funniest ones are there's like every time I go on TV you get people kind of like um, crawling out under from wherever they are um, like this old head teacher I reckon I mean he must be old because he said it. You know, I've been teaching for sixty years and been yeah, head for four. He, he might not have spoken like that. It was an email. Um, <laughs> I reckon he did. Anyway, so he sent me. He sent me this long email. Honestly, it was kind of like three quarters of the length of Pride and Prejudice. This email, and it contained a lot of both Pride and Prejudice. And he kind of <laughs> like. It was one of them things where I was like, "Has you got enough megabytes for this hate?" Because yeah. it took me a while to read it. To be honest, like, I started reading Just it at bites. like one o three, and it was like one o eight by the time I finished. And it was all about how he had been teaching for so long and never in his life had he saw something so self-serving and preposterous as hip-hop used in the, in, in the classroom. Like that, you know, and he was like, uh, he finished it with, some of us have been serving quietly all this time without looking for what you are looking for. Some of us are serving in absolute silence and diligence and duty and silence. And I just replied, well... You've not been serving silently enough if you're reaching out with these emails. Yeah. How is yeah. it like? You're not the like, only one not, that's ever received yeah, one of yeah. them, 100%. Not silent enough. Um, a lot of people that uh, criticise using rap in education um, mm. are people that tend to have nothing to do with rap or education. Yeah. So it's just like, well, cheers. Like someone, Two aliens. So, someone was attacking me the other day, like, like repeatedly, and he was like, I'm going to report you to the police uh, no, I'm not joking this, this is one of the funniest podcasts I've ever done because everything you're saying is preposterous yeah, yeah, it's in so itself funny. he was like I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna report you to police and I, I wanted to really like be like on what charge but I didn't want to encourage him but anyway he, he then commented again he was just having a conversation with himself you love it when you get like 20 and they're just talking to themselves in public it's like if someone did that on the street you know they might be arrested yeah let alone me and it, and he was like, on the charge of abuse this is abuse rapping to children grime music in a classroom this is actually abuse I'm gonna 
I'm going to, what school do you work? I'm going to contact you. I want him to contact my school, you know, like just what he would find. Like, because he's, he's clearly associated rap music with black music and associated black music with criminality. (laughs) So I want him to contact my school, speak to the all black leadership team who employ me for the specific purpose of teaching through rap and then to have his complaint. And I would love him to do it in person. But anyway, I was like thinking, (laughs) what's this guy's specific qualification for talking about? You know, I was saying, you know, I've, doing a doctorate in this I've, I've worked 10 years in the academic field and in the classroom that's my qualification what's yours didn't reply but then i looked at his profile turns out that at the end of the day he's really good at being a carp fisherman oh wow so okay. he fishes yeah. he's a big fish in a small pond fisherman mm. uh yeah. and that qualifies him now what i will say about the guy he's he's good at fishing because some of the fish that he caught were brilliant. big style but i'm not going over what to him are we I'm not, i don't even know they look big <laughs> But the thing is, I'm not commenting on his Instagram and saying, catch a bigger fish than that. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving him to his thing because he can really do it, you know. And he's got he's got a fishing rod. Yeah. He's got yeah. the Wellington boots. I'm not saying. Big love, Muzz. Okay, to all the football fans out there, we've got ex-England player, Liverpool player, many club player, Stephen Warnock. I love this guy, completely didn't expect the direction the podcast was going to go down. I've always been interested in sort of the transition period for for anybody that has a passion and how they move on from it if they can't do it anymore. And Stephen articulates this perfectly, how he went through that transition period. It wasn't sunshine and rainbows, there was a lot of pain there, um, but he had a lot of help on the way and one of my favourite episodes, genuinely. The other side of it as well, like I, I pull my brother up on it all the time, my dad, and uh, it's something that I've, I always notice. And when I've done this work, it's something that I've reflected on. Whenever we go to a restaurant, my, my dad and my brother have an expectancy of what service should be and how mm. it should be. And if there's certain times where they're sat there and they'll get the food put out and they're in a conversation, but they don't say thank you. And I'll thank them on behalf of them. And when you actually think back to it, there's so many times when you're sat in a restaurant or a a bar or whatever it might be, and you're that deep in a conversation that you actually forget to do it yourself. There's moments where I think um, when you're in a car as well and you can drive to somewhere and you can actually forget half of the journey that you've made Mm. because you're so deep somewhere else that you forget about it. Mm. And I often think of that now is that people are that they're not in it. They're, yeah. not, they're not present at that moment in time. So sometimes you just have to sit back and go, and oh, they're not with it today. Mm. They're wow. that deep in a conversation. Um, you, you've got to, we, we judge everything that goes on in life now. And we, we, we try and find faults in anything that goes on. And I think that's the, the side I'm trying to, to find peace with is that mm. don't get angry by the little things because the, the little things end up getting, so that little thing that you might see at a restaurant mm, adds up. up and goes to the next thing. Yeah. Suddenly you walk, you get to the end of the day and you go, what a shit day that was. <laughs> so many things got to me. Whereas if you just sit back and go, it's not in my, it's, it's out of my control. It's one of those things. They were in the moment. And you know, if at the end of the meal, you haven't said please and thank you during that period. But when you get up and leave and say to the waitress, thanks very much today. That was really nice. Thanks for your help. Mm. You've done it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be every single time. And what I what I've also learned is I've I've got two girls who are thirteen and fifteen, uh-huh. and I used to be obsessed on telling them to say please and thank you every single time. 
that you were in a restaurant, so someone puts a glass down, puts a knife and fork down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Yes. It's it's at the it's at the end of the whole thing that's important. As you leave, and you thank them, that's the one they'll remember. It's mm. not all the little ones in between. It's the main thank you, which is a when I, when I think about this, when I put myself in the situation, I'm sat there and I'm I'm talking to people, and he's putting the thing in over my shoulder, and I'm. <laughs> Thank, thank you. I don't even look at him. I don't make eye to eye. I don't make eye to eye contact. But as soon as I get up and leave that restaurant, and I look at him face to face, and thanks very much yeah. for your, uh, today for your service. That was great. Thank you. He takes that on board. He won't even think about the little ones there. But mm. I was I was usually worrying about them situations, thinking oh, he's thinking I'm rude here, or he's thinking my my brother's rude, or my dad's rude, or whoever it might be. So they're the little things that you build up in your head as well. Again. Mm. Sorry to rabbit on. No, I love it. Please do any opportunity, rabbit on. <laughs> but that's really true because it sounds disingenuous after a while, doesn't it? My my yeah. partner, who I love dearly, sometimes I, I do just always just go, I love you, love you. And she's actually said the other day, don't say it until we have a proper connection moment together where yeah. we're having a heartfelt, meaningful time. And you look at me and you go, I I love you. I'm so thankful that you're a part of my life. Yeah. And that's where the authenticity comes from. And yeah. You lose it. You lose it, don't you? It's not genuine. Yeah. It's like you feel you have to say it to satisfy someone. So true, man. Yeah. Uh, wh- one thing you touched on then was the present moment, being present. And I can imagine. Cheers, Stephen. Okay, we've got DJ Fever. If you're looking for good energy, this man is the living embodiment of kindness, love, compassion, all the good juicy stuff. He's been in the game a very long time and is a hero of mine. That rhymes. Oh, and that. (laughs) If you're looking for a good insight in making your passion a reality, this is the clip for you. Genuinely mind-blowing. Rolling down, I've seen sci-fi. I thought, oh, and I've seen Interstellar. I was like, oh. Oh, and you've not watched it before. Oh, no, I've seen it five times oh, God, before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was Insta- just like, oh, yeah. where? I wonder where it is. I, I thought I'd just got to see where it is before yeah. I go upstairs to bed. Yeah. I was meant to turn the telly off and go to bed, but no. I was just like, click. This is all coming back to what we were talking about before. But it was that scene when, um, where he's where he's been propelled into like an infinite access of time, right? Yeah. And and it's a bit deep to go here in this Please conversation. Do, man. We're, but, we're far but, enough in to go deep. <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm watching it again yeah about the sixth time i've seen the scene do you know what i mean and i'm like yeah this is really weird like you know it kind of it's relatable because you know without actually being at point b when you're at point a you're sort of thinking this is what i want to do and you know you're sort of like in your mind you're working yourself to Mm. this point yeah and then by the time you get to point b you don't realize you're at point b you're on a stage scratching cutting up yeah looking down at like 400 people and you're like Oh right, I'm here. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm at point yeah. B. It's a little bit interstellar. What you're saying? Do, yeah. do you get what I mean? Like That's a great way of putting it. Do you get what I mean? Like Definitely. you know, you was there looking at yourself. You know, closing your eyes at night time, imagining yourself DJing in front of people, and then yeah. before you know it, you're actually doing it. I think I've had different timelines. I think I had that <laughs> moment of discovery. Yeah. So within three months, I've played a Russell Brand gig. I was on a Russell Brand stage Dope. doing a poem. That's amazing. I, I've met the Rizzle Kicks uh, and performed on one of the stages with a Rizzle Kick. That's sick. And, and they're not name drops, but it re- it was just a, a really quick timeline because I allowed it to happen because I was naive, but I was hurtling into everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. When it become clunky and I wasn't getting the opportunities or right. I was... It's when I was 
overthinking it right i'm really trying to piece it together and go yeah. okay now i've done well i've n i've got the website and the name yeah so now i'm gonna work it out and put myself where i want to be right and that's where it started to go oh no that doesn't quite work <laughs> yeah. and gel so yeah. Yeah. i think how you just explained that then yeah i'm gonna clip that bit of the podcast out and keep playing it back like, every time i fall out of position <laughs> it was dead weird so was like, that's brilliant yeah. that's a great way of just seeing that just it. seeing that moment just ironically just about to turn the telly off flicked through seen interstellar clicked on it just to see where it was yeah it's one of my favorite movies clicked on it was like oh shit it's been in that state of flow isn't it yeah and it's just like cool. oh look this and i thought oh that's weird Weird, isn't it because i remember this is a bit weird it's like when you when you pitch yourself doing something mm. and then you're doing it yeah like, you yeah. know a year later or, or or a month or so later mm. and i think there's a lot to be to be taken away from like that inner vision yeah yeah and you know and that belief in yourself yeah. and then it's like the secret yeah it is isn't it yeah, yeah it really is yeah. like the secret and, yeah. and i think when you you tune into it you picture it you know what you want yeah. but then you just flow with it and you, yeah. you allow it to become yeah and you don't try and overwork don't force it, it yeah. force it that's yeah. the word yeah, yeah I, I, I love that and <laughs> can you remember them times then where you, your best moments where you've been there in like, thousands maybe Mate, I, I had gone, a, what am i doing here? i had i had the most craziest interstellar moment in yeah. dubai oh, so <laughs> i love you man <laughs> it was it was insane and it actually i've spoke to shout to funky t i had a had a conversation with my friend funky t he was uh, through the through the lockdown he was having a few up, ups and downs and um and we spent a lot of time on the phone talking um and it was therapeutic him talking to me you know because he's quite an intelligent guy he's yeah. quite 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 good vocab and tuned in very tuned in so i was explaining to him um because we was talking about, um, you know, that inner voice and all the rest of it and just, you know, telling yourself, you know, and telling yourself over and over again and then, you know, sort of walking it and then yeah. making it happen. And we're having that conversation. I said to him, you know, I, I had a crazy dream when I was really young. Well, when I say young, I had my dread. So a bit older now, about okay. 20, 21, maybe 22. Back in the time. Still living at my mum's. Yeah, still living <laughs> at my mum's. I wasn't independent yet. I was still a bit of a scallywag uh, living at my mum's. And, um, yeah, I had this dream of um, sort of being on a stage that was on a stage. It was weird. So very, very sort of um, vivid, very specific. Meta. Yeah, very specific. Yeah. And um, and there was like thousands of people in front. And um, it was only a quick vision. But back then I used to like pray a lot and sort of ask God to give me things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes selfishly as well. You know, oh, God, I want this, or God, I want. I need another scratch mixer, or God, I need a... But I remember really, like, I used to pray a lot to DJ. I was like, oh, look, I really want to do this. Okay, so you know, go from materialistic to, to sort of genuine, very wholesome, like, My real. heart is really yeah. in the prayer. Like, I, oh, I want wow. to... This is what I want to do. I want, you know, can't you make this work for me sort of thing. And I remember having this dream, like, of, like, DJing. It was like a stage on a stage. It was very weird. And then, um, yeah, we was in Dubai, me and BFG, and it was an Autism Rocks event. And um, it was Flo Rider and Tiger. Um, and we was opening, we was in between the two acts, <laughs> DJing. And so BFG had, got off, had come off the stage. We had four decks up. He decided he was going to grab the mic and hype the crowd up. And I was going to DJ. And obviously, you know what it's like on these big events. You know, they, they have like the techs will, will sound check you on your stage, slide you off, and then would already have a drum kit you know keyboard his stage would be slid out his keyboards would be all set up they'll plug him in he's already been sound checked and it's all digitally sorted on a desk yeah. at the other end right so they just recall the settings so they were sliding out 
the Flow Rider uh, band and their DJ, and they were over there setting up. And B was like down off the stage that we was on, up elevated up on the stage. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm like playing like you know like you know Paris, you know Kanye West and Jay Z, and there's like thousands. I mean it's like I think it was like about fifteen thousand. You know, something like that. It was, crazy. It, was like a, it was like the Autism Rocks Arena. So it was like a, an arena full of like kids going nuts. Dude. And I'm playing all, like, pretty much like my student set. And BFG's on the mic hyping them up. And, um, and right at that moment, I was like, you know, when you get that weird, like, mm. wait, I've, why have I been here? I've been here already. I've done this. Mm. Like, I've, I've, I've seen this already. Or I've done it already. It's dead weird. It tripped oh, me out for flipping dude. ages, man. Spun really? me out. Yeah, man. Spun... Was that just a moment where you felt it? Or so I was, yeah, I was in the middle of de- I was in the middle of mixing. I actually threw my mix as well. Um, really? Because I was like, oh, wait, what's you going on? You had a bit of an existential. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing this in a dream. In the dream. Like, literally identical, like up on a stage, on yeah. a stage. And um, yeah, I was telling Funky T, and it, you know, it spun him out. It was like, oh my god, he's like, that is correct. That again, yeah. the goosebumps yeah, yeah. came. Uh, yeah. How did you tune back in from that? Well, it, 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 I think it, it kind of muted me for a bit. I was a bit like, I went off. What's powerful? Me, yeah, it really is. Yeah, that it is wild. Yeah, I was trying to like, you know, it's a lot stronger than Deja Vu. No, it that, is. It is. It is. I had this dream. No. I'm living it out. What does that mean? The dream state is to reality state <laughs> parallel. <laughs> Mate, yeah, that's fascinating. I, I couldn't obviously because I couldn't work out what you know what had just happened. Yeah. So it threw me a little bit, but yeah, once we finished that set, you know, I was sort of like, I was a bit like, you know, it was like we go up to the bit, get food and drinks, and we was watching, um, you know, Flo Rida perform from the back. Nice. And I was just like trying to process what's just happened what's just happened me. yeah it really really did trip me out man mm. so um the conversation with funky t was really like i think there is something there if you can if you can tell yourself and control your mind mm. and tell it what you want to do right i'm going to focus on this i'm going to do it this finds its i think it kind of i think the universe kind of moves out of the way and i'm a believer yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in <laughs> i've got a spiritual heart and yeah. i think that is a factor of life and yeah. as, the moment you step outside of your truth or your authentic self or yeah. where you're supposed to be yeah. i think that's very telling too and yeah it's not always wise to find a connection in everything yeah because you can drive yourself a bit mad yes yeah, in coincidences in every factor <laughs> yeah. i've got friends like that <laughs> love them to pieces but i'm like just calm down a bit now can we just play fifa or do something else because <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> they just want to go oh that means this and that and i'm going you're gonna run yourself out of energy yeah yeah, yeah. but for the most part or the the main part where you can tune in and go oh that feels like this is a, a sign now yeah i'm gonna use that because i know where i want to be yeah and it's come back all the way back around to that knowing what you want really yeah. believing in thinking out having that process yeah. and then allowing it to flow just allowing it to flow mm. it's a desire that's deep inside you see and it's what you want to do yeah yeah you, know, you probably speak to athletes uh, you know people that uh, you know that- dj <laughs> i look forward to having you back on the farm brother Okay, I love it when dualities happen in a person. If you mix sweet, calm, kind, bubbly into powerful and strong-minded, you get Tiffany Holland. This podcast is stunning. And this clip in particular is an absolute game-changer. What a quote this is. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned in the last year from my friend Molly who's a hypnotherapist wow. is this idea of like turning poison into medicine um, and uh-huh. I didn't really I 
don't think I ever could have really understood what that meant in any other point in my life other than now. But I think in a situation like that, it's emotion that they use to mm. kind of get you into that cycle in the first place. It's the emotion of jealousy, it's emotion of like wanting desire and wanting something more. And I feel like you can use emotion to almost start reversing it by even just showing compassion to more people and mm -hmm. like complimenting someone on something that they're obviously inconfident about, mm. you know, like just generally portraying what goodness so, mm. that, so that people can absorb it and be like, actually, you know what? And even by going back to the clothing thing we were talking about, being able to wear things mm. and then having other people see it and be like yeah. actually I can do that as well like you're you're almost educating slowly bit by bit and like it's one person at a time but hopefully little tiny things like that it can just emanates all and add builds. up and can probably change a person's mm. whole journey just like that it's, I've always been a, a sucker for anim, uh, animation affirmation yeah. <laughs> and quotes and some uh, because I like poetry I've used but I thought oh could I spin that could I turn it into its own thing but the one that I've never been able to spin better than it is is be the change you want to see oh my god it was always the one where I went do you know what um, you I think it was probably Gandhi on it that one you have come up with the greatest <laughs> saying of all time. And that, truthfully lived, truthfully embodied, is how I see change come. A hundred percent. In I, every way. I don't think I've ever seen anyone not doing the thing that they want to do that's ever changed anything. Mm. Um, yeah. Com I, so, I mean, there's no, no more words needed. Mate, yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, we've made a very short podcast, but a game over. <laughs> <laughs> you're, so you're very fascinating you have your eyes open I say in uh, not a cliche term but you've, you've see you soon Tiff okay Frisco Boogie wow he is a hip hop OG a lyrical wizard I love this guy to pieces and we need to do another podcast this clip in particular made me reconsider and reevaluate my, my whole life and I swear to god I have lived on differently since this clip God damn it. I'll put that in. There's a, a story he's at work um, to do with belief, and it's about a lady called Laura Schultz, and it's a true story. And she was about 69 years old, and in America, I think it's Tallahassee. And she was, she looked out of a window, and she saw a Buick, so a big truck, roll onto a grandson who was about five years old, you know, certain in his life. And she got out of the house, and she picked up the back of this truck, mm. Now, some people would have said it's a miracle, it's divine intervention, you know, the Lord was, was with her there. Whatever you want to say, it's impossible, but adrenaline's an amazing mm, thing. Mm. And she did this and saved a grandson's life and never, ever spoke about this incident, ever. Till a young reporter, and loads of reporters wanted to speak to her about it, because <clears throat> it's a miracle. Mm. And a young reporter knocked on her door, and she liked the look of him, thought, you know, you like like the grandson, I'll let you in, but I'm not talking about the incident, but mm. come and have a cup of tea. So he went in and he said, OK, I'm not going to ask you about it, but what I am going to ask, why do you not talk about it? Mm. And her answer was, I'm 69 years old and I did something I didn't think was no one thought was possible. So instantly I was filled with a lifetime of regret. And what didn't I try? What didn't I try? Because if I tried mm. it, I might have done it. Mm. But I thought I can't. It's impossible. That's it's mad, isn't it? 
And wow. I use this at work at times. But when I first heard it from a gentleman called Jack Canfield, who's like a bit of a Tony Robinson kind of, um, you know, life coach guru kind yeah. of thing. It made me go, wow. And the guy, um, the interviewer says to him, well, what do you want to be? He says, I like rocks. I want to be a geologist. And he says, so why don't you? So when I'm 69 or whatever age it was. He went, yeah, but you could still go and study now. And she ended up going to study mm. later, late in life and ended her life as a geologist. So right. she fulfilled what she wanted to do. But it was that little incident that made her think, what happens if I had tried all these things mm. and I didn't? That's like, you know, when you think, what, what am I not trying that I could do, but I don't because of my self-doubt or self-belief is just not there. You know, it's one of those, you know, if you think you're right, you're right. If you think you're wrong, you're wrong. You've just got to think something, haven't you? I've, you, I've heard some fables you know I mean? on here before, and that's one of my favourites. That one, it, that's one that I will but it's take a, away. But it's just strange, but it yeah, always made stunning. me go, wow, what, what happens if, you know? And when you say you've been toying with that emotion and that feeling of I'm this age and how, how you feel, are you pretty much more on the side of, but I'm enjoying it, that's how it's going to be? Depends what day it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it depends what day it is. I am, um, if, you know, we're going to be on it, if yeah. we're really, if this is like a therapy session. Definitely. Um, it's, there's times when I've really thought, uh, but I'm really getting to a stage now where I'm like, actually, it's a good thing. Because you've got the experience and you can try and just, it sounds really patronising and, and like you're up your own arse, but try and guide people at times or give them a little bit of advice yeah. because you've seen certain things instead of trying to still keep up and do what the, the, you know, the younger generation are doing. Because mm. for me, it was all about that. You want to be, you're trying to be relevant and you're trying to stay relevant. And it got to stage where I thought, do you know what? Yeah, maybe I am. But then on the flip side... My thing was, my hip-hop heroes are still doing, mm. writing, dancing, so why, why can't I? Until someone says, you're too old and the hip-hop book closes, why should I stop doing what I'm doing? Because And even then, I'd still keep going. <laughs> yeah, because you can make tunes in your bedroom. Do. As long as you make tunes in your bedroom, who, who I cares? Mean, Honestly, I, I know where the music scene's at now. I know certain trends are as they are, but... You know, as people mature, they need healing, they need helping, they need wisdom. Wisdom is the most important thing. And for people to gain wisdom, have to go through experience. And you've been through every experience, you know, not possible, but imaginable for, for you and your journey. So that maturity that can come through in your artistry and your, your music, for, for, especially I'm 27, but for me and these sort of people, we're quite existential people. We need to be told where we're going. That's who I want to listen to. Right. And, and it's interesting you brought that up. I had a conversation um, the, a couple of weeks ago with... Um... Top words, Buggy. Okay, if you're looking for conspiracy theories, alternative angles, some say hard truths, then Taurus Energy is your man. We've got the most downloads on this podcast, and when I go to the gym and have a walk around, people say, 
That is your best podcast. Get him back on. So I will do that. I need to get in touch. Uh, check out Taurus Energy on Instagram because his artwork has surpassed mastery and it's hit deity levels. So please listen to this clip. You will be amazed. And he does a great Russian accent. I love it. Uh, 1980, is it 1984 or 1987, 1982? Something like that. Interview with Yuri Bezmanov, mm-hmm. KGB defector. And like, you know like what i said to you about the equality and he was just saying like we we introduced the the equality concept into the uh, public eye in america because it is a way of creating communism because they will they will never be equal mm. you know and he's like saying how they, they he calls them useful idiots mm. Mm. <laughs> he calls he's like these these uh these marxist indoctrinated people they are the useful idiots mm. they will bring in the communist state and then when they have the gulags they will be lined up in shot wow. yeah yeah and he's basically saying how like these people aren't use- useful in any other way than to bring in uh, the neo marxism and the, they were useful sub- idiots yeah, yeah. Genius, they were they yeah. were subjected to very subtle indoctrination like mm. through the american school system right that was basically introduced by the kgb and you know the same guy is saying like uh people think the kgb is uh, there to blow up bridges this mm. is uh, movie things this is a movie thing actually the main projects is giving disinformation and subverting people ideologically <laughs> you could get a film role dude <laughs> yeah. i'm so in <laughs> and the thing is is like people aren't aware of this stuff hmm. um because they think that when they turn on the television what they're telling you is the way that it is. And mm. there's no agenda at play and there's no aim to get you thinking a certain way. Mm. It's like, you know, ignorance is bliss, but like ignorance is the intention. Like if you actually were aware of everything, you would find it incredibly uncomfortable at first. And I think mm. that that's a lot of what is going on with me. Cause I, I've got to a point where I can speak to somebody who thinks that I'm a the worst person ever mm. and i'll send them a study <laughs> yeah, yeah. that proves what i'm saying mm. and they just bypass it mm. because the the re- the the acknowledgement of realizing that the world is not the way that they thought it was mm. is so huge it's like essentially i'm putting people in a situation where if they deny that there's any logic to what i'm saying then it's very easy for them to just go back into the blue pill, like Mm. sleep state, Mm -hmm. and just accept whatever they want to believe. Mm. Whereas like, if they realize that there are forces at play, that there are lies being propagated, that there is an agenda to make you think. Yes, Taurus Energy. From one fiery thinker to another, we've got a mecca. I couldn't do this compilation video without having him on it. He's a good friend with strong thoughts, an ex-footballer, and he's got a clothing company called Show Your True Colors. And he always does just that. Here he is performing one of his outstanding poems from his book, Outspoken. Let's talk a little on poetry, though. Mm. How on earth is the book going? <laughs> Bro, the book's doing... All, it's doing... Uh, Ro, well, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for lockdown, this would not have been born. Because that's when I said, yo, I'm getting involved. Outspoken. I'm getting outspoken. I've got to hold it up. Right? Uh, to this one here, look. Yeah, Get it in outspoken. there. Outspoken, Available guys. on Amazon, and it's about as... The same price as a decent bottle of wine. And I mean a decent one, not, not a rubbish one and not a really good one, a decent one. Less than a ten is what I'm trying to say to you. And if you want to, if you're like me, and you, oh, you're on the back of this, you're on the blurb hey, as well, aren't you? You forgot about that. Yes. Um, and if you like 
me and don't like reading loads, it's 35 pages. Come on now. Um, so get I, it. Get it. It's yeah, brilliant. Get involved, man. I've got it. Thank you. And I've I, got can I read one to you? Uh, do you know what, mate? I can't believe we didn't start with it. We just went uh, in, didn't we? Well, you we? can edit it and make it we, look yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> True. No, this is... No, um, I'll, Live. I clip them out, though. Do I do mini clips yeah, of yeah. all the podcasts. Oh, so yeah, I'm definitely going to clip this out and put it as one of the mini clips. Yeah, man, bless. I'm going to read one which is based on a true story. And it's an amalgamation of a couple of girls that I used to see, but one in particular. And um, these were the things I found out during and after going out with her. So it's called Set C, and hopefully by the end of it, you'll see why. So I'm just going to read this one to you. And it is, like I say, it's very, very bio biographical. Mm. She only saw me for me. Her mates would make a mockery, saying, how could you date one of me? Mm. One of them. This came from her apparent friends. She naively thought they thought like her. Thoughts of their prejudice had not occurred until they realised her boyfriend was black. To her, it was not a fact of any matter. As a matter of fact, they did not concur. Keeping it white is what they prefer. They referred to her as black meat, then see me, meet me and greet me. Having no inkling, I know of their deceitful ways of which I hate but I've got to play the game. She held so much back to protect my back. Stuff like, I didn't think your boyfriend would be black. Why did you go and do that? Now you're going to be known as Baby Spice because you're damaged goods. You're going to get hurt and damaged good. He's going to break you in two. He's going to cheat on you. All black men do. You know they're partial to domestic violence too. STDs, so many of them do. You better go for a checkup, you. He does look a bit of a thug. I bet he sells drugs. Did I tell you the partial to get violent? And all this time she's silent, keeping quiet while emotions run riot. Drained and tired, she cries in private. People making her love feel like it's a sin. Or actually the people committing the sin. All because of the colour of my skin. She said she wanted to tell me, but she didn't know where to begin. And all these years later, she opens up like an open book. She relays to me in detail all the barbaric racist regale merely because she dated a black male she was emotionally blackmailed to leave me set sea and sail that's it wow she moved dude you are set getting sea. all the clicks oh, I, i've you, literally bro. just done the goosebump test really that got me oh man that that's was really saying, really powerful mate thanks man wow but it comes from a true place where it comes from experiences how old would you be this, at this point um what, what year are we now? 2021. That would have been about eight years ago, nine years ago. It's not that long ago. That really, I was thinking, honestly, you were going to say like 20 years nah, ago. Yeah, man, it's not that long ago, about seven, eight years ago. That's it. Oh, um, my God. That's but, really scary that you just said that. Yeah, man. Yeah, because I'd still be in my 20s at that point, nearly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the man. thing is, these people would be cool in the gang with me, you know, being sound and safe with me. And then you, you're hearing all these things behind your back. And then, oh, he's coming now. Oh, he's coming. And then, I'd style it because this is, like I said, play the game. You have to play the game when you are the in the minority of numbers. And then also, when you bring it up, you're playing the race card. I'm like, did you mm. say that because I'm black? Oh, stop playing the race card. Oh, no, bro, I'm asking you because it felt like what you said was because I was black. Mm. That's the only reason why I'm saying it. I'm not saying it because I'm trying to win any battles. Just saying it for that reason and then dismiss it. So what you do is you retire and then you sort of, as we were talking before, blend in conform a little bit don't really say anything and these were her mates don't forget not mine so when you 
when it when it's your when it's their mates, you try to be give them a little bit more leeway and try and be a bit more, you know. Yeah. What's the word? I'm accommodating. Yes. Um, but when you find that out, it's like, and she was obviously gutted, but she didn't want to tell me because you know I go mental for some of the things, and that's why she told me a lot afterwards as well. I was going to say, you know what, I mean? what was the moment she told you? Yeah, because, because well, put it this way, I think we were just having a normal convo, right. and then it came up like, oh yeah, well he thought that you know he thought that i'm like did he huh. you know what i mean and she sort of let it slip without even because she because it was like i say years past so she thought that it was obvious to me and i said well, i thought those things but now you've kind of um give me the closure because again what is a black man in england without being paranoid because <laughs> because you if you say are you being racist somebody will say oh stop being oversensitive, or no, he's not racist. You know, he, he didn't mean it like that. Anything but, yes, he's racist, or yeah, he was, or she was racist. Yeah, it's anything but that. So you start doubting yourself, thinking, am I, am I being oversensitive here? Am I imagining this? Is mm. it, is it, is this really happening? And it, and she confirmed that it was, and and, I, and that was my inkling. And also, bro, you know, when you've lived it all your life, you know it. Mm. You know it anyway. And like I was talking to somebody yesterday. And, and he said, that still doesn't happen, does it? Because I said to him, I said, it's not the being called the N-word. It's standing at the cash point behind somebody and then they go to the next cash point because they think you're going to rob them or they move the bank. And I'm not like, and he goes, surely that doesn't happen. And then this is what he said to me and I quote, he goes, yeah, but it must happen to white guys in, in, in Nike Air, Nike Air Max and tracksuits. I said, it, it may do, but it happens to me wearing a suit as well. It happens to me driving a, an Audi Q5. It happens to me um, when I'm wearing the nicest clothes in the world. It happens to me when I'm not even talking, mm. when I'm not even looking menacing, when I'm sat down and, you know, so that's the difference. See, so I'm not saying it doesn't happen to white people, but the regularity that it happens to me, it's got, it's more than a coincidence or I'm a liar or I'm going crazy mm. to him. I'm just talking rubbish because he's never seen it. Well, you're not going to see it because you've not me. You're not walking my shoes. Yeah. So how are you going to know? But I'm telling you, so why would I lie? What was the moment you stop being so accommodating because oh. I'm sure I've noticed in time that you are powerful words of Mecca here we have Alex Smith concrete rose ferocious dog sleep in motion drummer he's been on a handful of times and each time gets better and better from a history lesson to life on a tour bus this podcast episode takes you on a great journey let's listen to him here talk about ferocious dogs music video that blew up the internet because <laughs> that new video that's out you've just shown mm -hmm. me before this yep it's bloody fantastic. Oh, really, you. really good. Another level of goodness. Who was the filmmaker? Uh, Justin Griffiths. He needs a shout out because yeah, Justin Griffiths, if you ever want to collab, mate, you're the man. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that was special. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, yeah, what was that moment? Uh, well, I, we have sort of this thing with Ferocious Dog. I think a few of us have quite a keen interest in history. And uh, one thing that, that certainly Ken's done when writing lyrics for a few different songs is sort of take a random part in history that interests him and then write a song about it, which mm. I find quite an interesting perspective. Certainly mm. if you say you're writing so many songs and you're struggling a bit for subject knowledge, not that it's cheating, but you know yeah. what I mean? It's like <laughs> being a historian myself, it's, I find it quite an interesting mm. approach. Um, so this latest single, it's called Pentridge Rising, came out last Wednesday. And it's, it was the last English armed rebellion. It was in 1817 and it was staged in Pentridge, mm. which is right near here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Far. Um, the Pentridge Revolution, mm -hmm. yeah, I've heard of it. And it was, um, <laughs> and they were basically, 
they were made to think they were taking part in a nationwide insurrection so that, that this was happening all over the country and these rebels one of whom is from Sutton in Ashfield one of the leading guys so I'm from Kirkby in Ashfield so mm. it's, it's, again it's so local as well wow. which is another part that I find really interesting I bet that buzzes you doesn't it mm. gives you that adrenaline and it's mm. um, so basically they, they were betrayed anyway and the, the, uh, the rebels were arrested when they were marching to Nottingham how and, were they um, betrayed and there was a, a, a spy within the ranks who was reporting it to the, uh, it's always the one government. Tosser, isn't there? Yeah, to the military. So they were they were arrested. A lot of them were sent to exile in Australia, as was as they used to do at the time. And the three ringleaders were executed. But before they were executed, they were held at Derby Jail. And so that's the that's actually the place where we filmed the music video. And then upon the release last Wednesday, we played like a private release show to, to like about fifty of the of our really close circle and the guys that have been there from day one. And we did like a, a private show at Derby Jail on the actual land where the rebels that we're talking about were executed, wow. which is quite an interesting. Mate, I'm just smiling for you because to combine the history side of things <laughs> yeah. and the love for music together mm. and merge it in one, you must have been the happiest man alive in that moment. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Sort we're of doing thing. what? We're going where? Derby <laughs> Prison. <laughs> yeah, in fact, we got to work with uh, Richard Felix, who's the historian on uh, Most Haunted, or he was for oh, a long cool. while. Oh, cool. So they've got. So when we originally went there to film the video, he sort of he, he greeted us at the door and he took us in, and he it was the same sort of thing. He was so enthusiastic and he just couldn't wait to tell us about this place. And they were showing us and, and Jeff, the guy that works there, they were showing us the, um, cause it's like a bit of a museum now as well. Hmm. And they do like ghost walks and that sort of thing. And, Wicked. and they were showing us the cell doors where people have carved their names in and you can, you can then check these names on the records and you can see what they were hung for or what they were executed for. And wow. when they were held there. And, and yet you can touch the very scrapings that they did the night before they were executed. Oh, in the man. Cell doors. I got goosebumps. You saying that then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was such an interesting process doing the video and, and obviously then going back to play it there as well. Are all of the Ferocious Dog members into the history? Were they all getting a buzz off of it? or I think so. It, it, within certainly to to quite a level, yeah. It was... You can't not do when you're there as well. It's Certainly Derby Jail was such a... Mm. There's a presence Qu- about quite, it. Quite an eerie place. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You where, can feel it when you go Derby in. Jail? A lot of people because, say that. Yeah. I'm it's, think of do it. you know the Derby Mile? Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, big on the, dogs, yeah. I know what the Derby Mile, where a, all the pubs are. Yeah, yeah. It's, what do it's you do? That have strip. a half pint at each pub when the Derby Mile is on, don't you? Yeah, I think supposed yeah. to. And then it's like the it's on that strip because um, one of the guys, Real. one of the historians who were there, was telling me that that's where the saying "I'm on the wagon" comes from because it's as obviously it was when you used to be hung, so you'd stand on the back of the wagon and then the horse would walk and you'd obviously drop before the actual gallows, and. Um, so what they used to do is somebody was going to be executed they'd take him down the Derby Mile and they'd have a pint or half a pint in each pub mm. and in the last pub they'd say sorry I can't I'm on the wagon and that meant I'm on the ho- the, the, wag- the, the wagon ready to be hung wow so they're about to be executed yeah because apparently they used to they used to sort of encourage him to have a few pints beforehand because they were a lot easier to handle Really, they're sort of more relaxed when they're yeah, about to yeah. They, well, they say that, don't you? Do you know when people are drunk and they're falling downstairs, mm-hmm. they actually don't end up that injured because your body's flimsy and it wasn't expecting it so it sort of like jellos into it yeah rather than when you're rigid and sober you fall into it and you're trying to sort of tense and brace to go mm-hmm. against it so that makes total sense yeah but, well a good example is that of when i was at 
in Newcastle the other night. I oh, can, yeah. I got quite a nasty fall after a few pints. <laughs> and at the time, I sort of laughed it off. And ever since now, my rib's killing me. <laughs> I had no idea at the time. That's a terrible example because you, if you were really drunk enough, you should have mellowed into it uh, yeah. and turned into jello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be feeling this now. <laughs> you were just one pint behind. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I must try harder next time. <laughs> what was the, the filming of it all like? It was great because we had, so we did the first, we filmed, the first half of the day was at Derby Jail, mm. doing, the, uh, doing the jail scenes and that sort of thing. And then we went over in the evening to um, a friend of ours, he's got like a farm, he works a farm in Ollerton Way, I think. Mm. And we got, say, about 30 people down of like really close followers of the band and that sort of thing. We spoke to a lot of our friends who came down to play like extras. Mm. And we did like the, the marching scene when we lit, lit like the medieval style. Do torches yeah and um we're walking and as they sort of joined us behind we had to wait till nightfall it was freezing as well everybody's still doing the coats and we're all dressed up and everything did you have a bit of a surreal moment doing that because it was cool yeah that's a a genuine scene isn't it from history i mm-hmm. can imagine that happening people at night we wouldn't have had lights in the day they'd be having the pitchforks and mm-hmm. the the lanterns and so on and when you're just in that formation everyone's going did you have that like kind of trippy moment where you're looking around like wow yeah that was cool and wow. then apart, besides when people were joining us from the side you could hear oh. all, all lighters going in the trees trying to write yeah. trying to light the things <laughs> yeah it was oh, cool shit. <laughs> we put a bit of stuff in it so it like sparked as yeah well, so, yeah because i was walking and we obviously everybody's trying to look forward remain serious and i could just feel like i think dan was walking beyond me i could just feel like the the heat of his flames there and I was like mm. keep that torch away mate yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of gel on you know yeah. <laughs> some spray because we only had so many torches we're yeah. like right we've got one shot at this So, and I find it so hard not to laugh when I'm doing things like yeah, that yeah even we were doing some videos before the gig last Wednesday about um you know just doing the uh, oh stream my new album it's available on this now and that sort of thing to mm-hmm. use later on and I was just ridiculous I was all the way through it just going <laughs> Even when there's with, nothing funny it's just that that was with that intense moment. ferocious dog yeah. or, oh mate are they all similar as well do you try and crack each other up oh yeah, you, <laughs> cheers Alex another notch music head here Miles Knight if we had more time we'd have a podcast out together but we don't so here we are on the back of the bus sessions from mental health battles to Cole Pilkington's idiot abroad we have a wide range of topics in this episode Miles runs an open mic and he explains the etiquette and how to behave at one of his nights in this clip here. Um, with the open mic scene, mm. if you were new to it and you were going to give somebody some etiquettes to go forward with, yeah. what would you say? Because you're a host yeah. and it must get on your tits the way people act in open mic scenarios. Yeah. Yes, very much. Go on, um, just t- tell people how to behave. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I really mean this. Um, the whole premise and reason behind these buses was literally because of that. Because of open mics and poor open mic running. Yeah. And I remember getting home depressed as out one night. And it wasn't just for me, but it was for everybody else involved. Mm. And... Especially spoken word over talking yeah. is just nonsense. No. That is the worst night ever. And luckily for me, when I was going to lots of music nights, because I was probably one of the only poets on for the night, 
most people would be pretty interested in what's going off. Yeah, is that guy having a mental breakdown? <laughs> is he just ranting at us? He's talking very fast. Give him a mic. <laughs> so yeah, they, they would literally stop. And it, it was really humbling mm. and quite, oh, I've made a moment happen. Yeah. But then the more people maybe knew of me or had seen it and been there before and maybe seen the poem, yeah, they yeah, felt the... The, the confidence to go, oh, I know who he is now, I know what this is. Yeah, I don't need to listen. Or, the chatting yeah. got started happening, and I just used to go home so demoralised yeah. and knackered of, you know, this really means something to me, and yeah, you may have heard it, but this guy hasn't, yeah. and I'm performing to this guy at the minute, if that's all right, and it just seems, go and have that exact conversation with that friend that you've not seen Elsewhere. for a, a week. Yeah down the road or yeah. or just in the smoking bit whatever this is it and there was yeah one in particular i went to and it was we nearly had a uh, a face-off during it <laughs> and i was just doing a poem at him and i can remember a line uh and it was so ironic i said it because it's like um uh compassion is key to our human survival <laughs> there's too much media that makes it look tribal and i was looking at him doing it but i thought i'm Did not I being him, like... so compassionate in my my way of attacking someone with my poem right no, now yeah. so it, i chilled on it but it was for the whole night incredible artists were coming up and up and up and nobody listened it no. was just a carnage night it shouldn't have been put on in there or no. the host needed to take a stand and say dudes yeah. everyone out or, yeah. or just do get, just get somewhere else yeah. but i came home and i remember saying to chrissy we're gonna we're gonna put a night on the farm yeah and what we're gonna do is i don't know how we're gonna do it because we didn't have no, this was just a piece of grass where we sat now it's all just no, fields. Uh, i was like I, if we have to get a tent or whatever we have to do I want to put a night on where it's just dedicated to three acts and it's all about that act. So when you're there, the the whole energy, the whole emphasis, the whole everything is respecting that artist for their art. Yeah. And then the 15-minute the break, let's go mad, let's yeah. talk about it. And I want to sort of connoisseur that night, yeah. like an NPR sound, you know, the yeah, tiny desk yeah. or that thing. Yeah. So I was so adamant I wanted to put that on. And that was it. Like, we went on a quest to look for... Um, what they call tiny homes first or oh yeah yeah i yeah. wanted a a wendy home <laughs> but for a size where i thought i could get an audience in like 50 grand like i think the dream's over for that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think we're doing that anymore no. uh we might just have to get some bales out and yeah. sit people down but yeah my um me and chrissy one night put on netflix and looked at uh incredible spaces i think it's called yeah and somebody was doing up a shipping container and there was somebody doing a boat yeah. and then one guy made a house in a double decker uh, and i just went chrissy bosh we're doing it yeah. and it all come from there but it really was the catalyst of a bad open mic that made this happen because it's just it's heartbreaking really well yeah <laughs> it bogs everyone like you could especially you can see it in the performers as well yeah like, yeah yeah that, that's one thing that makes me feel bad is the, it's a lonely drive home now oh yeah it's like they're struggling to hear themselves and th this is the thing I've, I've i've kind of flipped my lid at a couple of open mics before just because there's only so many times that you can say can you keep it down yeah you know what i mean like you can't you can't tell people to shut up yeah like end of the day if they've come in and there's an open mic on you've got to think for the bar they that you know they're still need customers mm. Um, but there's also the thing of, well, you, you've chosen to come into this bit, sit there, yeah, 
and talk loudly. Crazy. You could you could go over to Anywhere. the other side of the bar or, you know, um, yeah. it, well, especially in Pepper Rocks, like the upstairs. Mm. And I've had that before where I was like, oh, can you keep it down a bit? Mm. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, it slowly builds back up again and you have another word and like, oh, you're right, guys. Like, can you just keep it down, please? Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch yeah. of kids. And then it comes up again and you're like, fucking hell, man. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then you yeah, go over yeah. and it's like, look, can you guys sit upstairs, please? And they're like, oh, why, why? It's like, you're being dead loud. I can't. If I'm having to turn up a blooming 400 watt speaker mm. to fucking drown you out yeah. in a venue the size of a fucking shed, yeah. there's something wrong. Yeah, and it's yeah, you. yeah. Shut the fuck yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. Like, not as ag- aggressive. Like, I have to obviously I mean, keep but, a bit but, of a demeanor. But it gets to that point. It gets yeah. to that boiling point where you can't help it. And it's not just for you, but. I genuinely think there must be artists out there that have had an experience like that and just thought it's not for me. Yeah. And I really feel for them because you, you you've got to go through it. Mm. You've got to go through them experiences and feel it. But, I mean, it, I've had all them drive homes where I'm like, is this what I want to be doing? Do I really want to be going and battling my voice over yeah. other people and so on? And it it should be known that there's a little dedicated space where these artists who spend hours and hours beating on their craft, beating on their craft, yeah. doing the best they can possibly do. We know how hard it is to to get on a, a stage. So to to have that just diminished by somebody wanting to have a, a lousy conversation, you know, it, it needs drowning out. No, it's... it's I'll I tell you what was good. Uh, there's a, a woman who used to always come to Pepper Rock, Sue. Absolute gem. I love it a bit. Mm. And um, she was there every week without fail, every Tuesday. And she'd sit on the sofa, like she had it at her own spot. I said to her, I was like, I'm going to get you a plaque above this suit. Because like, <laughs> that's literally just where she sat all the time. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get you a plaque like, reserved for Sue. No one's sitting there. <laughs> and um, like, she was brilliant because she loves all the open mics and that. And um, she'd come down every week. And if it was getting a bit noisy, I'd obviously have a word. And you could see her getting, getting worked. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And then, like, she, she, she wouldn't do it, like, she'd just, like, stand up. Can you shut up, please? Like, I can't hear the artist. I'm here for live music. If you want to talk, you can go upstairs. Yeah, and yeah, I'd just say, yeah. like, I'd love to put it like that if I could. Yeah. But, like, obviously, I've got a, you know, it's yeah. still custom. I, I kind of represent the bar, so, like, I can't be there. But I was just, like, I can get Sue to do it for me. Mm. Like, and I was just, like, yes, like, oh, that's, that's what I want. So, sometimes all it takes is a look, isn't it? Yeah. Like, other people at open mics, so I'm really, there's a, a really gentle. Nice one, brother. Okay, Chris Clough here. He's gone and bagged himself a job in Australia doing special effects. Chris has worked on some of the top Hollywood films, and I would have put one of them clips in here, but a police car chase in Mexico unfortunately tops the bill. Enjoy this clip, you really will. I'm enjoying this. Any other mad bits? Where else um, have you been? I've been all over, but probably the other the other scary experience I had was in Mexico. It was the same year, actually. Before South America, I did a separate trip a few months earlier down to Mexico. Um, I went to three different places in Mexico. I started off in Mexico City, which obviously has quite a bad reputation, but, again, staying away from certain 
areas. It was absolutely <laughs> fine. There were no problems there. I went up to a Copper Canyon in the north. Okay. That's um, an area controlled by cartels, apparently. And wow. there were a, f- a few people there came up to me and were like, what are you doing here? It, you, it's not safe to be around here. Yeah. The, there's like drug lords all over the place <laughs> and loads of abductions. But there's... um. The reason I went was there's a really scenic railway through Copper Canyon. Oh, cool. And it's like a two-day train ride, and it was just amazing. Mm. And and I didn't have any problems there either. But then when I got down to my third and final stop in Mexico, it was down in Cancun, the super touristy part. That's where where the problems started. And it wasn't gangsters or criminals. It was the police are the problem there. They look for any way they can to which are kind of like from, gangsters uh, yeah i suppose <laughs> so, yeah. fair point um they try and extort money from tourists in any yeah. way they can so all over the the area i had a higher car for the five days i was there they have like um police checkpoints on a lot of the main roads going into cities and they'll pull over random cars to do searches looking for drugs and things of course right. they randomly always happen to be white tourists yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that they search so they i think on four separate occasions on going into four towns they randomly selected me for a search oh. trying to find drugs or anything obviously i didn't have anything mm-hmm. but they were just looking for anything they could use as leverage to extract a bribe the final time i was stopped by the police was this is where i got gets a bit crazy i um, limp forward now i was just um i was driving back to the airport and returning the hire car and then on the freeway i get pulled over by the police driving along because apparently i was speeding i don't think i was i was going the same speed as you don't all look of the like other. a speeder <laughs> i was going the same speed as all the other local cars yeah um but apparently i was doing about 80 kilometers an hour which right. i thought was the limit and they told me it was a 50 kilometer an hour mm. limit in that section um so i had to pay a speeding fine i had to pay in cash directly to them um and it was it wasn't a small fine it was like three or four hundred pounds of course i didn't have that kind of cash on me it was the end of my trip i deliberately used up all of my pesos so they helpfully offered to escort me to the nearest helpfully um they told me to get back in my car drive and they would follow me so i went down this slip road from the freeway Mm. at the bottom it was clear i didn't know where i was going so they reluctantly sort of pulled in front of me signaled that i should follow them Ah. they went back up the opposite slip road back onto the freeway and at that point i don't know what came over me but i just pulled a hard left (laughs) under the freeway got it got back onto it in the opposite direction um, I was only about a minute away from the car hire place that I was taking the car back to. Yeah. And unbeknownst to them, that was the exit that I needed to take anyway. So if I wasn't speeding before that point, I certainly <laughs> was then. Um, I floored it for about a minute to get to right. the car hire place down down a little side street off the freeway in the opposite direction. Right. About 30 seconds after I pull in there, I see the same police car with its lights flashing, speeding off. I assumed chasing after me looking for me down the main freeway past the end of the road back to the, like the main airport where most of the other car hire places were um so yeah i you, you so i was shitting you, myself you can quite time. literally say to people i had 
a police car chase in Mexico. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that is a. That's not normal, mate. That's not. That is not normal. Yeah, it's moments like that that make you feel alive. Do, do you know when people do that? Um, two uh, lies and a truth. That definitely will stumble. Wow, crazy story, right? Okay, here we are with the last clip now. It felt right to top the bill with a bit of music from the newly formed Pablo. Here they are with November Nights. Peace, love, jazz, and all that good stuff. Thank you very much. Have you got anything else in the can? Do you want us to play a song? Yeah, 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 if you are. (laughs) And it's been too long on this bus with all this and none of this. (laughs) That was no wanking sign, guys. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to do, November Nights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about it then? Yeah, um, well, this this is a song that we wrote um, in November, (laughs) November uh, 2019. And... um, so um, Alexi had the idea for a riff, and he came over to our um, to, to our house, to my flat at the time, and we were kind of going back and forth with ideas. Um, so he had like yeah like a verse, but didn't really have anything for the chorus. Da 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 da. Um, but yeah, this song is basically just like um, the feel of like you know when the winter's just rolling in, and mm. then, you know I mean like you get like that cold bite, mm. but um, there's. The, but the, but there's beauty in the cold kind of thing, you know mm. what I'm saying? And um, I think that I think that's the kind of feel of what this song is about, and hmm. um, just g- going for the notions and like everyone else going in, into the the winter period, I guess. Yeah. I, I yeah. need this more than ever right now. Come on, I'm gonna strap in, lads. Yeah, <laughs> bloody muddy right. out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're in my bloody farm. white trainers. Yeah. Wear white, white white trainers to a fucking farm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, so right. cold. Hey, All right, let's go. <laughs> I know you're going through a lot We're all expendable to God We're not so different after all When we all face our curtain call And these cold November nights keep me warm We no longer cry to the sun Living long prosperous where we are born Keeping together, pressurized by wet sun. suffer all the same But don't compare our pain 
Why would I ever be so sure? I cannot do this anymore. These cold November nights keep me warm. We no longer cry to the sun. Living long prosperous where we are born. Keeping together, pressurized while we're torn uh, uh. Yo, I can't do it anymore for forever and a day For the time come the clock, my delay very really I reflect Gotta try and put the best step forward Looking back really gets awkward Grieve all the people living in distress Leaning out a window and smoking a cigarette I recollect my skeleton so when I brush the bones I'm fine I'm surviving, I'm fine But whoa, wait, others are not Look at the plot Good luck finding X, mark your spot Lying friends are your brock Do you survive to the rocks and rubbles of crumbling, troubling estates? November has come, gorilla mist levitates Between womb and the tombstone, there's gloom and doom So which god will you be today? Remember, remember the fifth of Bourbon that torn us warmly? Drinking outside, thinking out loud As the crisp autumn air slowly died And rolled into winter like a shivering smile It proposed a wink on that fifth day Gift wrapped in the present like ribbons around a maypole I lifted the grass to us in this K-hole Out of body experiences inside this warm flat Inflated pressure that torn slack Strings attached now thrown Puppeteered by who knows it's a jungle out there But wildlife exists in here Insists the incense stick as an incentive to meditate And when winter winds blow over only then we celebrate And when the winter winds blow over only then we celebrate Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Guys, that's special. Like, you're going to do something with this. Yeah, baby. Right, this I, can't is wait. Real. I can't wait till you guys hear the oh, band dude. as well. It sounded mm. sick. That is special. Thank yeah, you, bro. Okay, that's a wrap, literally. You've been a part of the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Sessions podcast. I'm going to leave you on this. I always will. I always do. Be nice to one another, you beautiful set of buggers. Have a good New Year. Have a good Christmas. See you soon. Other way around. Christmas, New Year. You get me. Love ya. Bye. <laughs>